Just wanted to take a brief moment to give you guys a little idea how we do it here at Paddle and Fin Podcast. We use the Anchor.fm recording platform. Super easy, distributes our podcast to many, many different platforms. There's creation tools to allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. Check out anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. Fin Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Jay. Welcome back, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. Coming at you with another great episode. That's right. Got some some interesting recap from the weekend at the KBF Trail Stop in Madison, Wisconsin. Jay's got some exciting pike news. Yep. (laughs) Uh, I want to say congrats to Dylan, the young man who won the first pro tour event, took first both in the trail and the pro event up in Madison. And congrats to previous guest, Dusty Yacker for his second place finish in the trail. Um, I think it was cool. We we ran into some listeners up there, some new people that have recently found the podcast. I thought it was cool chit-chatting with them, you know. Uh, congrats. I'm not going to butcher his last name, so we're just going to say Jason P. I think it's yeah. Piskowski or something like that. That's close. We're going with that. But uh, he's a listener of the podcast, and uh, shout-out to him. He took fourth, which... Um, I didn't realize till I was, I think it was at the results. I heard something about it when, uh, Josh Martin was calling off all the places and, uh, he took fourth, but fourth, fifth and sixth place were all tied with the same inches, but Jason had the biggest fish out of the three of them. So that's why he took fourth. So that was super cool. So congrats to him. Jay. Yeah, buddy. That's so Meyer. One of my regional homies. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. He's down from he's <laughs> down from uh your neck of the woods there. <clears throat> yep. Pretty soon we'll be hitting the water together. But uh Yeah, it was super cool. Uh I got a got a cool little announcement we'll throw out at the end of this. And um yeah. I think I hinted to it last podcast and the last podcast. I don't know. You're going to have to stick around and listen to us ramble. 
for the next hour. Oh, these poor people. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, these great listeners. Yeah, they are great listeners. That's right. They're family, bro. Family. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was interesting. So I've, I've only fished Madison chain once and that was with you back. I think it was like last August. And that was an interesting outing because it rained all day, but we slammed fish and, uh, we, we were fishing Lake Wabisa that time around and we caught some quality fish. I remember catching 16, 17s, and I think my big one of the day was like 18 and a half or 18 and three quarter or something. But the water levels were up when we were there. I think the whole chain was no wake. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and I think that made a huge difference. Uh, fast forward to this past weekend, um, well, you know, last Sunday, I had fished up there before the tournament with a shout out to Alan Reed from Indiana. And, um, the water was super clear. We fished uh, part of the Yahara upper mud, upper part of Wabisa and the Southern part of Monona. We covered quite a bit of water, but the water was like gin clear, which kind of plays into your, whole scenario that unfolded over the weekend or whatever we'll get into that in a second but uh you know as always uh did a bunch of research did some looking around and uh i decided i wanted to try mendota and you were like yeah let's go that's where you got your pb pike right like last year the year before or something yeah yeah two years ago yeah yeah mine was in the fall um but yeah, I got a forty inch out of there. Yeah, yeah, which is stellar. That's on your Facebook page, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah buddy. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I wanted to go to a, a certain area. Um, I'll just tell everyone it's up by uh, Governor's Island, um, and from what i saw just on navionics um there was kind of a ledge there uh right where kind of the yahara dumps in i think um to to the actual lake and it was kind of interesting uh when we got out there i was like oh all you see is like boulders and rocks you know you could see i think the deepest I could see bottom was like 15 feet at points. Yeah. Uh, um, and it was kind of cool. Um, just fishing that gin clear water and it just screamed smallmouth. And, uh, we started working out there and I got some short strikes and it, it like they were picking up the bait and they just wasn't getting a good hook set. Um, and that was on the Nedrick. And you were throwing big, hefty lures, looking for pike and maybe a muskie or something. And you had some follows, too. And, you know, um, I just started switching colors because I knew they were uh, were intrigued by the bait, um, but they just just weren't committing to it. And... uh, I forget what the first color I threw was. 
I think it was Canada Craw made by Z-Man. I was throwing all Z-Man uh, Ned Rigs. And then I ended up um, starting to get into some fish when there's a color called New Money. And it's really green. It's got red flake. And it was funny because uh, after the tournament, Alan Reed, um, we were at uh, the awards or whatever. And uh, he's like, how did you get to that color? And that's kind of interesting. So that Sunday when we pre-fished uh, Monona, um, I was throwing a black blue flake Senko, which has kind of been like my go-to, you know, uh, for the first part of the year here. And uh, when I switched to watermelon red flake on Monona, I started getting bass. So I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Obviously, it's a color thing. So I think that's why I started with Canada Craw because it's kind of green, but it's got a little bit of silver in it, but it's got red flake as well. And that new money was like a brighter green and it had red and silver flake in it. And I, I caught fish and, you know, at one point you were like, really? Again? Really? And I was like, dude, like, don't know what to tell you. Um, You're becoming quite consistent. Yeah, I mean, I was I was banging fish um, in... You know, I was kind of sitting in, I think it was like 14 foot of water and casting out to the deeper side of that ledge and then just slowly dragging it back once in a while, popping it up. But it seemed like the the slow drag across the top of the rocks is what really did it. And I think the biggest fish I caught up there was like 16 and a half that day, right? Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. So then uh, later that evening... um, I met up with uh, Brad Hurlboss, Hurley Boss. I forget. Sorry, Brad. But uh, Brad H. I met up with Brad H. And uh, he lives up in that area, and he's like, man, he's like, I've been out fishing. He's like, I can't catch a fish. He's like, if I don't catch a fish tonight, I'm not signing up for the tournament. And I was like, well, I'll fish with you, man. Like, uh, uh, I found something today, you know, so... Um, we fished, uh, a stretch of river, uh, going into lower mud lake, um, and fished around mud lake and we started floating right away. And, uh, it was like first 15 minutes or so Brad hooked into, I think it was like an 18 incher or something, 17 and three quarter. Um, so I was like, Oh, well, there's some bigger fish here than what I found this morning. And I ended up catching a 17-inch smallie that night and a 17-inch largemouth, 17-and-a-half or something. Um, And I know Brad, uh, I took off early because I was just beat, you know, because we got up early, drove up to Madison, um, fished our butts off all day, and then I went back out. You kind of hung back at camp. And uh, I know Brad was on a pretty good f- frog bite as well. So <clears throat> um, Thursday, checked out Wabisa, uh, similar rocky ledge type deal, and a rock pile out, out offshore and caught, you know, small fish and uh, just didn't dig it. So... Um, but I did 
managed to catch multi-species that day. I caught a couple pike, 18-inch walleye, and a 20-pound carp. And a couple really short smallmouth. That walleye sitting in my fridge. Good. Good. Enjoy. Yeah, I will. It's, it's the least I could do. Yeah, thanks. Was... So, I mean, what about those two days for you? So, <clears throat> so what was the deal? Break it down. Um, well, where do I begin? Yeah, so uh, I went out there swinging for the fences, as I normally do. And, uh, you know, so what, the first day we were out there, we were out in Mendota, right? And I was fishing with you, and I was fishing that same part you were just a little bit off. We were, you know, spaced apart, not side by side, of course. But I was probably getting down about 20 feet sometimes 25 but i would say 15 and 25 and i was running some inline spinners because they were heavy enough to fall the quickest and to stand a track at those lower depths um i was throwing like an ounce and a half and that'll stay down there as a rooster tail redhead and um i also threw this other one that was uh it was basically just white let's call it and i was getting a lot of follows i mean a lot of follows and uh, nothing would commit. Um, I, it would just, you'd just see a fish coming out of the depth, you know. <clears throat> and it was pretty cool. Um, you know, it would have been better if you would have bit it. But, uh, you know, the closest I came was like a walleye, I think, on those spinners. And then I would like kind of, what, I like went way across to the Yahara um, because that's actually where I caught my PB around roundabouts in that area but it's springtime there's like no vegetation so i was searching for vegetation uh, over there and what i did notice is that once i got over that flat as you transition from where we were to the flat it got murky and it was darker water it wasn't clear anymore so i thought i'd have a chance but i was working everything i mean i even went into the yahara and was working this six foot hole and <clears throat> i couldn't get anything to bite so then I came back, and then I did a little bit of trolling. I was just pedaling around uh, with a rattle trap. Um, and then the best I could do is I ran into a school of rock bass and hooked one of them, brought up him. And uh, it was a pretty big fish. I mean, uh, that hook just barely fit in his mouth. But, I mean, that was a that was a stout fish, and he did not give up the yeah. whole time I was trying to hook him. And he's like, rock, 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 like making weird noises. I'm like, all right, dude, you're going to be gone in a second. But I did have an inkling. I'm like, maybe we should eat this guy. Like, I was like, I'm sure you guys, you know, everyone's going to be catching these today, but I let them go. Um, but, yeah, so for me, I didn't get anything that day. I did get, there was a pretty large follow I got, but it wasn't enough to collect on. Um, I figure-aided probably about eight times uh, with fish underneath me. Uh, I don't really think I, not any of them broke 40. Um, I just, at that point, was just like, I don't care. Just something bite the damn hook. Just so I can bring something into the boat. Um, and then what the second day we went to Ibiza and it's kind of the same scenario. I think I only had one bite and that was, and I really wasn't even convinced until I saw the plastic because I had that crabby bass Sonic shed and I used it the next day after that. I was like, Oh wait, there's bite marks on this thing. Yeah. There were some, I was like, yeah, there was some gnarly teeth marks in that yeah. thing. I was like, Oh, I did get a bite. Okay. Cause I got so used to the grass, <laughs> but I knew for sure that pop, 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 like it was just, 
the way Pike just kind of hit stuff. And <clears throat> anyway, I, I didn't catch anything. Um, <laughs> it was just like, you know, again, you, when you're swinging for the fences, you're definitely going to come on empty more of the time than you're uh, going to catch. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and then at tournament day, I went back to Mendota. Same spot. Same things are happening. Um, just some follows, figure eights. Nothing. Just nothing. <clears throat> and uh, I started to put the pieces together um, a little late in the game, but I also wasn't prepared. And what I did notice is that all you guys were catching pike everywhere. Um, and then the one common theme was clear line because everybody had a leader of like uh, floral or, or monofilament. And then using smaller type baits. Uh, some people even like Ned rigs and plastics. Um, but that was the ongoing thing. So again, it's springtime. Every now and then, you know, I know these things are hitting big stuff, but this was one of those times. But I think yeah. the one correlation with the clear water, and that was the other thing, like I underestimated, I'll even say I was just cocky about it because I've always done well on the chain. Uh, well enough anyway. I mean, it's like where I enjoy myself. Sure. Um, and not that I didn't this time, but it's a lot more fun catching fish. But uh, the the ongoing theme, again, because of that clear water, you know, I'm running steel leaders. I have the titanium leaders, which are very thin, but they're black. And then I have steel leaders that are silver and a little thicker. Um, apparently, that probably had a lot to do with it. That's my opinion on that. If you don't think so, like, you know, leave us some comments on this. Send us some emails. Um, but... I haven't dealt with gin clear pike. Although when I caught my PB that day, it was it was gin clear, and I was running a leader, and I I was running um uh, uh what's called number five Meps Fire Tiger spinner with like a white bugtail, and that was at the end of the day in the weeds. So that maybe has something to do with it too, because when you're running off these these uh, ledges, there's no weeds. I mean, there's some, I guess, but there's not many, and it's more rock, so you kind of got to work the structure rather than the vegetation. <clears throat> but I think there's a clear correlation on what not to do in gin clear water, and that was a perfect example of that. I didn't come prepared to throw anything other than what I was going to throw. Um, again, swinging for the fences. Plus, you needed stuff, like when you throw the smaller stuff, generally it's lighter weight anyway so it's hard to track that stuff either way so i mean i'm not making excuses of course but i just you know i thought heavy stuff run deep what i just want to make a point so fishermen are so stubborn sometimes yeah like i caught two or three pike and i was like hey man you want some of these swim baits i'm using you were like no no that stuff works no <laughs> yeah so i i think it's just kind of funny like i just thought about that now like as you're talking about this i'm like man i offered him to use some swim baits that i caught yeah. like three pike on like <laughs> yeah well the other thing is too is i would have had to switch from my yeah. uh you know my leaders to a line that i, I just didn't yeah. have right 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 because right. you get any sizable pike it's gonna have the whole damn like lure in its mouth and it's gonna rub its sawtooth Right, you know, right across that line, like we were talking about, it's just it's gonna cut it anyway. Well, I got bit off. I think it was once, yeah, once up there, and then once down here. 
which we'll get yeah. into later. But you know, it it was, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I I well, the thing was too. Like what I picked everybody's brain at the meeting because I'm like everyone's saying, oh, I'm catching pike, I'm catching pike, and I'm like, we're using clear line. And they're like, yeah, yeah. and they're like. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I get it. It's, it's gotta be, you know, these are shy line pike, you know, it's, it's fine. <sighs> I learned I'm going to be prepared for that next time and I won't be so cocky, Sure. <laughs> you know, sure, sure, sure. I, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I was kind of cocky about it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to catch the fish and I can, you know, it's like, but man, oh man, oh man, that well, sucks. <laughs> well, the other thing too, is I think, I think it was like all three days we had an east wind, bluebird skies, pretty much. Yeah, there were no clouds. No and that's clouds. Another thing, you know, that's another thing about the chain that is completely true. That I've had much experience with this. As soon as that sun comes out, they're gone. Yeah, they're all gone. Well, that that kind of draws into my tournament day, right? Because uh, so I think it was uh, Friday evening. I was talking with you because you didn't fish the tournament. And uh, I was like, man, I don't know what to do. Like, it's either go to that river that I fished with Brad or go to that spot I found up north or do both. Um, but, you know, my gut told me go north. Um, we had a super early launch time. It was crazy. Uh First launch was uh, 4.15 a.m., lines in at 4.45 a.m. That was just like, what the heck? And that was the thing, too, um, was at the captain's meeting, um, which I was kind of already prepared for already because when we went up there that one day and we launched from Governor's Island, there's a kayak launch there, essentially, or a a, a gravel parking lot with a trail where you could take your kayak down. And, uh, but that park didn't open until 6 a.m. So, and they had brought up two at the captain's meeting, like there are restrictions at some ramps. Some don't open till six, some don't open till four, some are open 24 hours. Make sure you do your homework because if you, uh, get caught launching from a launch that is not open yet, you will be disqualified. So the closest launch I found was probably, I don't know, man, like two or three miles from my spot. So and that's the other thing I guess I should should spill the beans on is uh, I fished out of the blue sky all weekend. So What's that, Brian? Say that again. Blue sky, baby. Blue sky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Blue sky slash Jackson. Uh, yeah, it was kind of interesting. Um, and that's something we could talk about in a minute. Um, but so I pedaled all the way out there. Um, but when I showed up to the launch that morning, there was like 16 of us at that launch. And I <laughs> think there was only like 65 people or something signed up. So you got a good chunk of the competition all launching out of the same spot. Um, that's good and bad because that means either A, people know that there's fish up here, B, they're all going to your spot, or C, yeah. like nobody knows. 
Well, and, you know, that and the fact that there were four other full-fledged tournaments going yeah, on the chain. So, yeah, so... And they told everyone that Mendota was off-limits yeah, to so, all the other tournaments. There was a like a collegiate bass tournament, uh, a musky tournament, a high school bass tournament, and wasn't there a collegiate one too or something? Yeah, the collegiate one was the first one I said. Oh, um, so um, forgot what the other one was. Yeah, there was supposed to be something like four hundred boats on the Southern Lakes, uh, plus the the locals. Yeah, plus yeah, plus and all the pleasure boaters. Um, yes, absolutely. So they talked about that at the meeting as well. So I think a lot of people opted to go up up that way. Um, but when we all took off, there was a couple of people heading that direction. And, uh, you know, I think I've stated this before. I'm not a huge fan of pedaling. I uh, pedaled my tail off and thought when I finally got to my spot, I was going to have a heart attack. But uh, that didn't happen. I'm here. I'm good. But um, it was funny. I know there was like two or three guys in Hobies that went to the left of me. Uh, and I think one of them was Don Thompson. Um, and then there was like three or four kayaks that headed towards where that launch on Governor's Island was. Um, the Dylan, uh, I think his last name's Fuqua or something, Fuqua or something, uh, the kid that won it. He went directly to the right because um, him and his dad were sitting there. Well, they stayed at our campsite Friday night, um, so we got to chat and really get to know Dylan, and uh, we can get into that in a second as well. But he's like, I got a feeling we're all going to the same place. And I'm like, well, I'm going straight. Dylan's like, which way are you going? I'm like, straight. He's like, I'm like, which way are you going? He's like, I'm going right. Okay, well, I guess we're not heading to the same spot, so that works. Um, but <laughs> after seeing the results, I probably should have gone right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I bet you would have been up there. Yeah, but so I get out to my spot, and, uh, you know, my thought process on that was is there's got to be bigger fish out there. Um, when we got out there, we got out there late morning and uh, ran into <laughs> some good fish, and – I think when we ran into those fish, they were just moving out deep um, when we finally got on them. And, you know, I'm like, there's got to be bigger fish earlier in the morning. They should be up on the top of that ledge feeding or right in the same spot. So I got out there, and I had marked the spots where I caught fish, and uh, I posted a picture on Instagram of uh, the chart on my depth finder. And you could see these lines. I mean, I was just going back and forth off this, the edge of this ledge. And I started working on that deeper side, and I was, like, getting nothing. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, please don't let this happen. And uh, I'm like, let's move in shallow, see if they're there. And sure enough, like, bam, uh, I think I caught a 17 or a 16 and a half or something right off the bat. And I'm like, let's do this game on baby. And I got five fish probably in the first hour and a half. Um, yeah, I'd probably say it was like the first hour and a half of the tournament. And I was leading and I'm like, Oh, like, because there was a lot of chitter chatter. Like, 
I don't know, man. I've just been catching like 14, 15, 16 inch fish. Like I can't find any big ones. And, uh, I mean, I know, uh, from talking to Dylan, he's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. He's like, I've seen big fish. I just haven't been able to get them to bite. So what he was doing was bed fishing, um, throwing a creature paint into beds. And, uh, that's how he got his fish and he upgraded all day because I saw, I kept checking the leaderboard and, you know, I saw him climbing because I always check the leaderboard after I submit a fish to make sure it went through and it's showing up on there and, you know, I'm good. And, you know, I'm going through and like, I was leading half the morning. I think I texted you and I was like, dude, like, holy crap. And you were just like, keep it up, man. Like, keep going. But going back to what you were talking about, once that sun gets up, they like disappear. Everything changes. And, uh, that's definitely what happened. So like I would catch a bunch of fish and then like all of a sudden nothing, I'd move out a foot or two and I'd start catching fish again. And I caught a bunch of fish. Like, um, I did upgrade once, uh, I think I had like a 15 and a quarter, 15 and a half. And I upgraded that to, a a 16 was my smallest fish. So I ended up with, a. 17 and three quarter, a 17, I think it was like a 16 and a half, 16 and a quarter and a 16. And, which was a solid bag. And, um, I just could not find another fish. And I moved spots. I went down to that river spot. I caught more fish, but nothing over 16. Uh, Well, nothing over 14 to be exact. (coughs) And, uh, I ended up running into Brad down there and he's like, man, he's like, I just caught my fifth fish. And I think there was like an hour and a half left to go. I'm like, well, start upgrading, dude. Like, I think his smallest fish was 12 inches. And I think he upgraded once or twice before he got off the water. And, uh, you know, I just kind of watched the standings. I'm like, you know, is what it is. Hopefully like this holds out for top 10 and you know, nobody's really sandbagging or anything. And, you know, sure enough, uh, you know, finished eighth in the trail and second in the pro. So, um, yeah, super happy. It's yeah, top 10 in the trail and top three in the yeah. pro is all I wanted, you know, just, uh, just Good to cash a check and get some AOI points, but, uh, deadly Nedley got it done. <clears throat> and, uh, Color was key. Color was definitely key. And that was the thing, too, is I could have used you tournament morning because I just, like, every time I caught a fish, boats just got closer and closer and closer. And at one point, I I don't know the gentleman's name. I've seen him before. Uh, I forget where it was. But uh, he was fishing in a Hobie, and, you know, he was fishing in close and then slowly worked his way out to me and i'm sure that's because he saw me catching fish but um he was drop shot and i threw saw the rig he was thrown it was like a drop shot with like a white small like fluke or swim bait on it and he wasn't catching anything and he ended up taking off but at one point we were probably i don't know 60 yards from each other uh fishing that ledge and this guy 
these three guys in a boat like pull up and like stop like 80 feet in front of them. And we just kind of looked at each other because the guy was going to go like straight towards in front of me too. And, you know, I hear him go, Hey bro, you going to like just park in front of me or what are you doing? And he's like, Oh, just gotta get stroller motor, blah, 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 blah. And he ended up moving out of the way, but he was just like, we were both like, seriously, man, like what the hell, you know? And, uh, like I said, there was so many big boats, uh, yeah. especially uh, where you were uh, right around where I was. And I saw very few fish being caught. And every time I caught one, I got choked. So, and it, it sucked because I was fighting the wind. So I think that was part of my problem too, is like, I couldn't move. Yeah. I couldn't move back onto my spot because I was getting blown by the wind and you know these other guys are obviously getting blown behind me so there was a few times where i had to like go out towards the deep and then go around them and then come back in because i wasn't going to be a jerk and like just cut in front of them like they were all of us i mean i should have but i mean i got better etiquette than that um yeah yeah you see a lot of that man it's yeah it's interesting i mean some people get it and even i've gotten too close i'm like oh man i gotta back off yeah 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 but, I mean, I mean it's... It, it happens when you're in the zone and you're fishing, like, and, and especially when you get the wind factor, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap, I'm on top of this guy. I got to move, yeah. you know, um, and, uh-huh. and usually when that happens, I'm like, oh, sorry, man, like, you know, wind blew me, whatever, you know, wasn't paying attention. I apologize. And nine times out of ten, you say that and you're like, oh, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. You know, I was on those points, <laughs> too, and like you know that second time in Mendota and uh like we I had a lot of boats um around me but we all kind of choreographed pretty well yeah so it never got like where somebody was too close and i think once people realize it and you can kind of see people getting done fishing in the area they would just take off you know i was very determined at that spot i was like i am not leaving you know so i kept going back up um you know fun fact while i'm doing it I broke my rudder steering like pretty thoroughly. Um, I lost one one uh, track bar on the side, and then uh, then I lost the right one. Then I was screwed. My my uh, rudder got stuck like bent. I was like in my pedal, they were just going like a right turn. I was just going. I was like I I did a couple thrusts. I'm like ah okay, this is gonna be great. I was like the wind's kicking up. That's when it got windy on Mendota. And then I, I don't know, it's, it was great. It was great. Let's just say Jay had a rough weekend. Yeah. 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 Deposited my sessions five in a Wabisa in 10 feet of water. Did Some you, like, did you put a mark on your death finder? No, but I did go to Amazon today and replace it. Oh, uh, I was going to say, hey, if we got any scuba divers out there, you know, Go find Jay's GoPro for him. It's it's a ten feet and it's super grassy. Uh, there's no way. There's hey. no way. Where there's a will, there's a way, bro. Yeah, well, it's got a tripod on it too. So if anybody, it's like brand new. <laughs> Go find it. It's over there. Oh, man. It's it's right out of like where the not where the launch is, but that other spot is a little further away. Yeah. Just follow follow the weed line. Right. Go find it. It's in the green stuff. 
I know somebody was like, why don't, like, why don't you just die for it? I'm like, if it was Rocky, I probably would have. Well, like, that that was the situation I ran into when I was down in uh, down in Tennessee when I lost my phone. Like, I seriously thought about diving down trying to find it, but oh, it was man. in current in yeah. like 14 foot of water. Oh, that's a little farther. I mean, so, I I got the mark on my deathminder where it's at, yeah. but I'm yeah. sure it's further downstream now. Oh, it swimming is a whole different thing, especially when you haven't done it for a while. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Plus, you're old. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I wouldn't have done well either. I would have been like, but there was a second there where I was like, uh, I'm gonna go for it. Like, yeah. I was like, uh, I was like, there's no way. I, you know, I looked right at my sonar and stuff, or I had the down scan on. I looked over and I was like, there's no way. There's yeah. no way I'm gonna find this thing. Yeah. So, I just kind of chalked it up as to. Uh, well-deserved loss. Right. Um, and, th- and that's why there's a walleye sitting in my fridge, because it was it, that thing's fault. Yeah. And partly Brian's. But we won't talk about that. How is it my fault? You come help me land this. Hey, I was thinking <laughs> I was thinking food so I could feed yeah. you, man. Yeah, I bet. Mm. It was just, what a trying experience. Sorry, Jay. Sorry. Yeah. It happens, I what? guess. Yeah, is so um yeah, Dylan was throwing a white creature bait on those beds. Uh he figured out that they would bite that and he was using white uh so he could see the fish actually pick it up, which is something you should do when you're bed fishing. Usually those fish are aggressive and they just want to move whatever is intruding their space off the bed and uh he upgraded several times throughout the day and I think Dusty was doing something similar i i briefly heard the two talking um so i don't want to say exactly but i'm pretty sure dusty was bed fishing as well i don't i don't know if what exactly he was using uh but i know dylan had had showed me what he was using and uh congrats again to him um however something interesting did unfold at at the results in you know, I'm not trying to pick on anybody bringing this up, but I think this is something we should talk about. We got some newer to kayak fishing and kayak tournament fishing. And, um, you know, they called the top 10 up there, and this this gentleman was like, hey, man, like, oh, I, well, you didn't call my name. I should be up there. And he had what would have put him in second place, I believe. Uh, he, he had a pretty healthy bag. He had like something like a half or three quarters of an inch more than what Dusty had. And, uh, you know, they were like, all right, hold on. Let's, let's see what's going on. And, um, supposedly the gentleman had an issue uploading fish. Like it, it wouldn't allow him to upload to, uh, the tournament, the trail tournament. And so what he did is he took the photos and he uploaded it to the Wisconsin monthly. And I think he thought because like the identifier, the timestamp, the location would be attached to those photos. They would just assume like that was for the trail event. I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know what? Come to think of that though, there would be like two distinct different numbers. 
So if he was fishing the monthly, the monthly would have different numbers than the well, right. KBF trail tournament. Right, right. Now, I mean, okay. So, tell, sorry, I'm so, bringing that up. Well, here's my thought process, and then you you can think about this or, or chime in on this. Um, so, yeah, the, indeed, there would be two different tournament identification numbers, um, one for the Wisconsin Monthly, one for – and I'm assuming it was the Wisconsin Monthly. I just heard monthly um, through through some chitter-chatter. And uh, and then the actual trail event would have its own separate identifier number. So he uploaded those photos to the monthly. Now here's the problem. He never called the tournament director. He didn't bring it up at check-in. Um, and, and he didn't get those photos uploaded by the upload deadline. So he waited tell the awards you know and he never saw his name on the leaderboard i mean obviously he was looking at the leaderboard because he knew he should have been in the top 10 so why why wouldn't you say something and that that's where it all comes from so now the upload period is already passed and now you're bringing it up Mm -hmm. so you know that's the thing is nobody knew about it and I'm sure whoever the judge was for uh, the trail is someone different who judges the monthly. So, I mean, the monthly person, like, sometimes it could be days before they approve your photo, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not, like, instantly. And I think Amanda Brannon, uh, she works for the KBF, was the person judging photos because they said, all right, hold on, let's figure this out. And uh, they called uh, Amanda to figure it out. And um, then the guy explained what he did. And, uh, you know, he was like, well, I believe he was talking to Derek Aiken. um, And uh, he's like, well, did you tell anybody? And, uh, you know, I, I just stepped back. I was like, this isn't my place. Like, you guys figure it out, whatever. Um, so they ended up, you know, there's a 48 hour dispute period, um, with KBF, but, um, you know, after talking to a couple of guys, we're all like, I really don't think that's going to fly, you know? I no, it, well, I mean, here's the biggest thing about it. Like I said already, the weekly or the monthly identity, the monthly identifying identification number code, whatever is going to be different from the trail series. You know, first and foremost. Second, um, if you ever have trouble with your app, um, you should call somebody right away. Right. Because you, even you and Brad said you had some issues with uploading. You had to hit the button like eight or ten times yeah. to get it to take. Yeah. Right. So, but but here's the other thing: if you're doing one of these tournaments, you're gonna tell me that you're not like insanely fanatic about the app and making sure you're on the right um you know the right tournament um you're i mean everything about it would scream like hey you're on the right thing to be submitting your photos again if you're having issues they have a phone number you can call during the tournament let somebody know in real time that you're having this issue uh and then save your pictures obviously because then you can 
because then you're prepared. Okay, this is failing. I've got to upload as soon as I get to somewhere where there's some Wi-Fi or something. Or, again, call them and tell them I have issues and I have my, my pictures. you got a lot of time for that. Now, when you show up, you already know you have this issue. Right. You know that you're not putting your pictures on the right tournament, yep. uh, you know, uh, tournament page. Uh, and you don't want to keep that a secret. Yeah. You just don't. I mean, right. it's, I mean, I just don't, you know, I mean, me personally, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lesson learned for that guy, but sure. I, I'm not, I'm yeah. not saying the dude's cheating. Of course. I'm not saying that, but no, 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 neither I, am I. it's not, neither am I. It, I'm, it's not coming together for me. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it I, just, I just don't know. Yeah. It just didn't make sense. Like why, why would you upload them to the monthly? Like uh, unless he did it on accident and didn't realize it, it's the only thing I can think of. No, because I, I for, and this is all hearsay too. Uh, so I'll say that uh, you know, but uh, who I talked to had talked to him directly, I believe. Um, you know, something about like, you know, when you pull up Tourney X, it shows the tournaments you're enrolled in. And yeah. when you go to upload and you got to click on that, the trail event wasn't even on there, supposedly, from what I understand. And he couldn't even click on that. It, like, it wasn't even listed. The only thing he had listed was the monthly, and that's why he uploaded to that, supposedly. Well, here's the, well, here's the but, thing, too. You could, you could have done a workaround and went through, on, like, online, the, right. the, like, regular web uh, page. Right, thing. right. Well, not only that, but you take your photos and you get to check in, which I remember when he showed up because I showed up early because I got off the water a little early. I knew I wasn't going to upgrade any fish where I was fishing. Um, I had to use the bathroom too. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) the real reason. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was the real reason. But, uh, you know, I got off the water like 20 minutes early. And uh, I got to check in fairly early. There was hardly anybody there. And uh, I remember he got there fairly early. And why he didn't say anything to Susie or Derek Aiken. Um, and that's the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, not to sidetrack, but this uh, was hosted by Great Lakes Kayak Fishing Series. Uh, Susie Roloff was the tournament director. And. Uh, Derek Aiken was a co-director, and I thought they did an awesome job, put on an awesome event. Um, Pizza Hut donated, like, 40 pizzas for the captain's meeting and the, the weigh-in. Like, So we got fed, we got beverages and uh, goodie bags and stuff. So thank you to those guys for doing such an awesome job. But um, why he didn't talk to those people <coughs> or, or make a phone call, like, that's the thing. Like when I lost my phone at Nickajack, the first thing I did was I got to shore, found a guy with a phone and called the tournament director. And I was like, Hey, what's my options? Like, this is the trouble I'm having. I know you're busy right now, but unfortunately I'm in a situation. And that was the first thing I did. And I took my photos on my GoPro and he told me, this is what you got to do. You got to get those photos uploaded by whatever ways you need to do it um, in order to have your fish submitted. So I had to get off the water early, drive to my laptop that was an hour and something away, 
and get my photos uploaded before the deadline. So that way, at least I had my five fish submitted, you know. So, I again, I'm not, like, bringing this up to, like, pick on anybody or anything like that. You know, it sucks that I even have to put that disclaimer out there. But, you know, we always talk about learning from our mistakes, right? And uh, this was a mistake that a gentleman uh, had, and it was a unique situation. Um, so that's why I'm bringing it up. So Yeah, yeah so, yeah, I mean, the moral of the story is, yeah. If you have if any issues whatsoever on any, the water, any issues, call the director, let them know what your deficiencies are, right. you know, what issues you're having, especially if it has to do with the app, because they can probably go and like the background, make sure that yeah. in this case that your name's on there or that the, um, the actual, uh, uh, link to the tournament is on the app. Sure. They can help that. Meanwhile, you've already taken those pictures, so you should be good to go. Right. And if worse comes to worse, you can show you can, you know, arrive at the scene and, you know, whether you do it from a laptop or you, you know, maybe you can do it from the cloud. I don't know. I'm just saying. Right. Right. You know, or do the roundabout. Don't use the app. Go to the website. Ask our uh, what's it called. Sign in and work, you know, work through it there. But right. There's other avenues to let somebody know what's going on. You know, you just can't keep it a secret. They're not going to know. Yeah. Just like in this, this. So this guy isn't mentioned at all in the winnings, which he legitimately could have been. Yeah, well, it sucks because if if he would have had his fish submitted, he would have taken second place. And if he was signed up for bonus bucks, that's twelve hundred bucks, thousand for second place, and two hundred for bonus bucks. And that's a huge kick in the nuts. Like, I would be furious too. Um, you know, I know he was kind of upset. I mean, he didn't cause a scene or anything, but um, at least to my knowledge. But you know, he was he was pretty distraught. I mean, that's that's a good chunk of change, man. And uh, yeah, it, it sucks, you know. So I mean, that's the thing. A mistake like that can cost you legit thousand dollars, you know, if not more. You know, yeah. had he been, had he had the inches for first place, that's twenty three hundred bucks plus. You know, if he was wearing NRS, uh, you know, had a catch board, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, you get all those other incentives if you take first place. So, yeah. I don't know, man. It, it's well, it, it's a bummer and it's an unfortunate situation, but I thought it should yeah. be shared. Well, I wanted to say this, too. Like, this is something similar but different. Um, so, I actually got a second place spot in the River Bassin Tournament once lo and behold actually on the chain and uh the thing was though is that we heard about who's a friend of mine um one of the guys josh he ended up flipping his his yak in the river and we all heard about this before he arrived because everyone was like well where is he because he has a partner in crime too that he was with and uh we're waiting we're waiting and stuff and then we all kind of voted like well you know they, they actually let us decide like hey if he shows up uh, or when he shows up, um, you know, do, are you okay with, or do you accept the option of him maybe still submitting his fish? You know, and everyone was like, well, yeah, <coughs> because it was such an unfortunate situation. Yeah. And this is an exception, you know, an, a, you know, uh, what's it called? An exception to the rule. But, you know, we knew he flipped his yak. We knew that he lost some stuff. He broke some stuff. I'm like, well... 
why not just let, I mean, I'd let him, I yeah. mean, it's yeah. make his day a little better. Yeah. Dude had a rough day on the water at least yeah. give him, yeah. throw him and, a bone, you know? Yeah. And he shows up, he's like, Oh, I got my phone. I'm like, Oh, you can submit your stuff. And he's like, no, it's an apple. So that's internal memory. Phone wouldn't turn on. So it was done. So had he had a droid, he could have taken an SD, SD card because yeah. they're waterproof. And so that, that, you know, you should know that too for fishing. But um, he we would have let him submit his fish, and then when he told me his fish, um, the sizes he had, he would have taken second. Yeah. He would have he would have brought me down a third. But I mean, but that's a that's a testament to it too. It's like <clears throat> we knew what was going on, and then some decisions were made. Granted, a thousand bucks wasn't on the line, but um, you know, just I don't know, just because we're all fishermen and there's kind of a creed that a lot of us accept, you know, between you know we want to keep it as fair as Sure. It's possible. Sure. It's kayaking, it's you know you're gonna flip every now and then. Yeah. It's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. Sure. Um, you know, but I mean, like I said, it was similar, or different at the same time. So he did let somebody know. We did find out, you know, and he could have saved his own day. That you know he could have submitted his fish, but you know electronics failed, and you know that was that. But I mean, point being, he had, he alerted people. We knew, and you know, people started making decisions based off of that. And that could have been something too. Right. You know, it's like, so that's another thing, even though there's rules in place, there's always an acceptance to the rule, you know? Yeah. Right. 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 Saying that right. I feel like I'm not saying that right. <clears throat> um, an exception. Exception. I keep saying acceptance. You know what it is? I don't have any moonshine. Exception. <laughs> I, I need, I need my brain juice. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah. So an exception to the rule. You know, I, although KBF is a little more harsh, but my point is, is yeah, let's let me know what's up. You know, yeah. It's yeah. like, and plus, they need to know where you are anyway. So, you know, if something's going sideways, let somebody know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just the biggest thing. You know, is just uh, keeping people in the loop when you got issues. And uh, you know, let's be honest. I mean, apps crash. You know, oh, yeah. and I think they had an issue at the national championship this year the year before and stuff like that where like guys can submit their fish and stuff so you know they worked it out i mean especially when you got a ton of traffic going all to the same app or website so to speak you know like those servers can only handle so much and i remember watching like one of the weigh-in days or something for the national championship and Hoover had said that, uh, you know, Tourney X had brought on some more servers so it could handle all the traffic and stuff like that. So they were working out kinks. Um, you know, I remember seeing a Glenn Blanchard video uh, when he was fishing one of the, it might have been a KBF event out in California earlier this year. And he was having issues uploading his fish and then all of a sudden they call them and they're like well your uploads are working because you just submitted the same fish like seven times oh. but he had already called them and said hey like i'm having an issue so they figured it out when they saw the same fish seven times um so he's like you should be good but what it was is it like he would upload the fish and it would get uploaded to tourney x but it wouldn't show up in his like live well or or you know stringer or whatever um, so, I mean, those things do have issues. So if you have an issue and that's why, 
you know, KBF, you got to go through the rules addendum for every tournament and it'll list boundaries. It'll list submit times. It'll have the tournament director's phone number on there or the people you should contact if you have a problem. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, this gentleman didn't do it, but, um, you know, there's a reason why they put that stuff on there. So always go through and like check that stuff out. You know, because when I lost my phone, what I did is, you know, when I found that guy on shore, thank God he was there. I was like, hey, man, like, explain the situation. And I actually had to go. I'm like, can I actually, you know, use, like, uh, your browser website or, you know, Internet? I'm like, I have to find this phone number. And that's what I did. I went to Turn EX, went to the event page, found uh, Richard Penny's or, yeah, I think it was Richard Penny's phone number, called him, and, you know, he picked up, and, you know, we figured it out, you know, that's what you do in that kind of situation, or any situation where you're, where you're having problems, so. Yep, sometimes it doesn't work out, <laughs> yeah, but it's part of the game. Yep, yep, yeah, I mean, you can lead a horse to water, don't mean he's going to drink. Yeah, well, hey, you know what? Let's segue over to the blue sky. So oh. now, so now, because I want to hear you talk about this thing. I would you love yeah. it. And when that banner's coming down, um, <clears throat> so uh, that, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get you a blue sky just to put over it. That banner. <laughs> yeah. Bye. I want one of those blue fancy blue Bye-bye. sky shirts you were you were wearing over the weekend. Those that, that looked too. pretty nice. Yeah, you know I had that before it even came out. Yeah. Anyway, um, so <laughs> we're talking about the blue sky. So. You've now had experience on the Blue Sky for quite a bit of time, quite a bit of miles, with the Prop 2 blade. Yeah, so... So, talk about that and, like, and basically how it differs from, you know, everything else you've used and what's, what's now what is really starting to engrave <laughs> this thought of getting a Blue Sky because you have talked extensively about it and it sounds like it's a done deal. So, um, everything Jay said about the two-bladed prop was absolutely correct. I think we talked about, oh, well, we had guests the last two episodes, I think. It it was when you went up to Fremont Lake, and you tried it out, and you were like, holy crap. And I know, you know, I talked to uh, a couple of guys at the shop and uh, at Rocktown Adventures, and I was like, I don't know, Jay says it's like, that was what the problem was so like i decided last minute i was i worked at the shop wednesday night and uh was talking to travis uh shout out to t-bone happy birthday yeah, happy birthday. birthday buddy and uh we just did a little float trip today but um you know i was like hey man anybody demo in the blue sky this weekend he's like nope he's like you want to take it and i was like yep I'm going to fish out a blue sky this weekend. And uh, I said, but we need to put a two-bladed prop on it. And he's like, uh, they didn't send it to me yet. And I said, well, there's one on the wall. So uh, when they send it to you, we'll put it back in the package. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we swapped out the prop right then and there. And um, we launched out of Governor's Island. And... It was the same thing. I think I got three pedals in, and I was like, holy yep. shnikes. 
and uh, you just started laughing. You were like, I told you, I told you. But, um, yeah, and I know Ricketts talked about it. Uh, shout out to Jason Ricketts. Um, he had talked about it, and uh, what a huge difference. Like, that resistance in that Jackson drive just isn't there anymore. It was like smooth pedaling, um, regular, steady cadence pedal. I'm definitely not as fast as Ricketts. He's probably in more shape than I am, but I was I was getting like four, four point two yeah. miles an hour, um, which was cruising. I mean, if I really pedaled, I could get over five, um, but you know, then I thought I was going to have a heart attack, like tournament morning. So like when my legs got tired, I like actually leaned over and started pedaling with my hands. <laughs> just so I could get to my spot before everybody else. I was so worried about it. That's dedication, folks. But um dude, what a what a huge difference. Um you know, I've talked about the PDL drive before. Uh that drive is like super torquey and and quick. Um the only thing like I didn't really like about the PDL drive when I took it out uh on the Predator was it's a fixed so if you hit something um you're gonna get stopped dead in your tracks or you're gonna break the prop which i've broken a prop because when that thing locks down uh i took it down there when i fished banner marsh um for the kbl makeup event for st chris i think it was and uh did you go down there with me the banner yeah the second time um somebody went with me and i was there for the tournament but not the second time i forget who the heck went down there with me and then uh uh uh, chris from the kbl lives out here in rockford menace down there um either way when you stand up in that thing i think i had like uh kicked or when I moved my foot, it unlocked the drive from being in the locked position. So when I went to like take off and I like had some weeds on the prop, so I backpedaled and then paddled forward real fast, that whole drive popped up and one of the blades broke off. So, and not only that, when you go into shore, you got to like mess with pulling that thing up and getting it set up right. So you're not dragging it or whatever. So that's what I didn't like about that. Um, what other pedal drive have I taken out? Oh, I t- I've pedaled uh, Jacob Ruff's Titan 12. Um, it's a smooth pedaling boat. It's just not fast. Like the gearing in it, it just isn't right, uh, in my opinion. I think it could be faster. Either that or it's just because those things are Titans. You know, they're mm-hmm. big, heavy boats. Um, and they got kind of a goofy hull design, so they don't, you know, move through the water like an actual, like, kayak. But, um, you know, the flex drive actually played a part. So I, I fished that river, and what Rickett said about fishing rivers is, is legit. I was floating, pedaling through 1.2 feet of water, and... Never touched bottom. The only time I touched bottom was when I came into shore and that 
flux drive kicked up into the hall or I pulled it up. Um, the boat is super slick, man. It's, uh, it's definitely a head turner. A lot of people look at it. Don Thompson made a, made a comment to me, uh, right before we took off. He's like, that thing's like cheating. I was like, it's no different than your PA 14, bro. And then he took off. So, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it, like Rick had said, it's, it's not, it's not a kayak. It's a boat for sure. Um, it's different. Uh, it's kind of in the kayak family for sure. Um, but it's different. And, you know, a lot of people think you could like, you got all this room to move around and stuff, which isn't necessarily true. Like, yeah, you could swivel the chair around and go back to your black pack, uh, which I had mine, uh, strapped to the back. I had my depth finder mounted to a yak attack cell block and I had a yak attack switchblade, um, running, uh, the transducer. And, uh, that was on the side rail there and you know with that pedal drive in the front you can't really move around a ton uh you you can potentially trip on it and end up in the drink um that's something i learned because i tried to move around a bunch so the real struggle i had which uh, i think we talked about it friday night is i didn't like practice like taking pictures of fish on my bump board and i was like how the hell is this gonna work because if that's that's the downfall of that boat right it's so open fish flops it's going in the drink so i kind of put a game plan together where i put some rods in that built-in rod stager that's on the one side and kind of created a fence I put it so it was standing up, not laying down. There was rods there, and it actually worked because I had a fish flop off the board, hit those rods, and then, like, came back towards me. So uh, it was almost like having a gunnel wall on your kayak. Um, and I could only net fish on the one side of the boat because of that. I mean, I probably could have done it to the other side, but I just kind of fought those fish to the one side so I could net them. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, I caught a ton of fish out of that boat all all weekend long. Um, you know, so it there are some things that you wouldn't think about, you know, uh, being in a traditional kayak and looking at that, being like, oh, that's like, that's just a floating barge. Yeah, it kind of is, but it's like, you know, you definitely got to pedal your butt off to get that thing moving. Um, you know, it's heavier to load and unload. Um, however, I did get a, a pretty nifty little system down for it where I could get loaded up. But not only that, I could leave most of my stuff set up. Um, so I could just pull it out, drop the landing gear, pull it off the the uh, bed extender, and, and wheel it away. So... Um, Super impressed, man. Um, kudos to Jackson for really going through it, you know. Um, you know, obviously I'm not a Jackson guy, so that's an unbiased position. What do you mean you're not a Jackson guy? Well. You, you are in my eyes. I mean, <laughs> might have to put in a phone call to Aaron Steiger. <laughs> oh, he doesn't like you that much. 
Yeah, but um, I was super impressed, man. And it was funny because me and Ricketts uh, were texting back and forth. He was like, kill him in the blue sky, bro. Like, you got this, you know, because he he was asking about the leaderboard that morning or something. He had texted me about something else. Or maybe I screenshot the standings and I sent it to him. And uh, so we were chatting back and forth via text all weekend about it. But, um, yeah, it's super cool, man. I, I just got to figure out how it'll work, you know, as far as transport with mobile hq and all that stuff because we actually had to put that thing on the roof rack on top of the mobile hq trailer several times up and down yeah and that's not the easiest thing in the world (laughs) it's actually quite wonderful (laughs) jay's jay's pretty strong now after the weekend yeah that's not i don't even like putting my own kayak up there let alone in that thing like it's a matter of fact when like you're like hey we're taking mobile HQ I'm like uh, okay Kilroy it is <laughs> <laughs> no pedal drive no no yeah. pedal drive no uh, I'll stick with paddle yeah. yeah 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 it's you know I would say you need to get that tray yeah something that, uh, slide out thing. uh I'll figure it out but uh, yeah I think. Uh... A blue sky may be getting added to the collection. I I have to say, man, it looks good on you. <sighs> what can I say? I can't turn yeah. this off, like you say. Yeah. I just I just <laughs> can't turn this off. <laughs> I guess that's applicable now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's cool, man. It's it's a great boat. I dig it. Um, I I enjoyed my time in it, and uh, you know. We we came home from Madison, went out on my home lake, and you got some redemption. Yeah, I had I caught a lot of pike, probably around twenty. Yeah, I would say it was like after I figured out exactly what they wanted, that was it was like the icing on the cake. Because I mean, you remember when we were leaving? I'm like, so we're gonna. It, I was like, we going by Scotty's? We're gonna go by Delavan, or we going to your house? <laughs> like we're going by your lake. Yeah. I, I was just like, I need to go somewhere because yeah. My mojo just didn't seem like it was there. And I'm like, I've been striking out lately. And, you know, that goes just like, man. But I'll tell you, it was fun being on your lake, especially since I missed like those first five bike. Yeah. I was like, do I know how to do this anymore? (laughs) And then once I nailed down exactly what they were hitting, just by trying a few few different things out, I was like, this is perfect. Let's do this. <clears throat> so what were you tossing out there? Because I I'm not even sure I knew what you were throwing. Well, I started off with the uh, uh, a Krabby Bass Sonic um, Shad. It's like a five inch uh, soft plastic bait uh, paddle tail uh, with uh, a half ounce underspin. Uh, I was throwing that. I was getting some hits. I actually hooked a fish, but couldn't bring him out of the weeds. He got away. And then I was like, well, let me start throwing the white chatter bait just to see how that works. And it's a Z-Man, um, I think this was a three-fourths, no, five-eighths chatterbait with the six-inch swimmers um, shad, whatever the hell the thing is. Another Z-Man thing. Uh, anyway, I started throwing that. I was getting, I was definitely getting fish. Um, I lost some fish. Of course, this is, these are one-hook type lures, um, so it's not a slam dunk every time you're going to. It's easy to fish the weeds, but you're going to miss fish sometimes. 
but um, but that was the main reason for those two. I was like, I was using just single blade or single hooked lures that are a little more streamlined to cut through the weeds because there are a lot of weeds. And then uh, and then I just got kind of I was like, well, I've caught a few now, so and some largemouth. Uh, I caught like two largemouth out there. And uh, then I was like, well, let me start throwing the uh, an ounce the the the, uh, the ounce redhead. Because it's not an ounce and a half um, like my other stuff where it runs too deep. Because I was running about five feet of water at times. But it still has enough where you could drop it down into, you know, 13 feet if you want. That's why I like them because they track real good at um, low depths. Um, but, uh, yeah, I started doing that and then kind of ripping it through the weeds. Sure. Man, that was it. Like, they, like, I I mean, it was like I could almost call my shots. Like, once I figured that out. I remember we took off and uh, I was like, watch this, Jay, first cast, I'll catch a pike. And you were like, you better not. And the second cast, I had a pike bite off my swim bait. (laughs) And you were like, what the heck, what the heck? And then uh, we kind of like went separate directions. I went went out deep and you went up shallow in the weeds. And uh, I texted you and... uh, I was like, dude, I'm hammering the bass. And you're like, I got like, I forget how many pike you said you you had caught at that point. But I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. I, thought, I was like, Jay's going to have a breakdown if he doesn't catch a pike <laughs> out here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, but, Jesus. Yeah, it was cool. We uh, we live streamed on the, uh, the Instagram. It's probably not up there anymore because I think that only stays up for like 24 or 48 hours. I forget. But, um, you know, if you land in probably one of the biggest ones you caught that day. Um, but also I streamed too. I was catching some chunky bass, like 16s to 20s out deep, like females. And... Um, I was trying a new technique that like I'm not super familiar with and I remember I was telling you and you're like, What? You've never thrown a shaky head before? Yeah. And I was like, No, dude, like that was one of the things I wanted to work on this year. Like I've been doing a ton of finesse fishing and obviously it's been, you know, working well for me, but um, you know, shaky head was one of the things I wanted to like really start working on and dialing in and dude, I was just hammering fish. And I remember the Godfather had called me at one point, and I had my cell phone on speaker in my life jacket pocket, and it was like every four or five minutes. I was like, oh, another one. And he was like, dude, he's like, I remember at the end of the phone call, he's like, well, this was the greatest live fishing show ever. Next time you're out, let me know. I'm going to call you, you know, because I was taking pictures and sending them to him and stuff like that. So it it was pretty funny, but... You know, I did a live stream about, you know, just expanding the toolbox and trying new techniques and things like that. So um, it was just one of those things, you know, once you start dialing things in, man, it's just another thing to add. So. Yeah, it's just like I wanted to figure out what they were what they were hitting exactly. And yeah. <clears throat> or what they would anyway. And I think I got pretty close to it. I mean, you saw me off that one, um, that one grassy point. Sure. I call it like fish like yeah. in the same spot yeah, yeah. You know? you're like dude another one. Oh, yeah. another one yeah i mean it was crazy i could like call it i mean it was a great they, it was on you know which was great and it was cloudy i was like oh jay got his mojo back yes i was, I was so upset when we got there and the sun was out i was like really 
I yeah. was like, I can't even get away from <laughs> It was, was cloudy like, the whole way home, and then it like the sun poked out, and you're just like, what the heck, dude? Give me a fighting chance, please. Yeah. Was just, <laughs> this is just awful. Oh, that's too funny. That's too funny. Too funny. So, well, uh, I guess I guess the new news, big announcement. Um, super happy to announce um, I'm teaming up with uh, a great organization called Operation Outdoors, and I am taking on the role of regional coordinator for the state of Illinois. Um, I'm sure a lot of you guys are familiar with um, uh, Heroes on the Water. Uh, Operation Outdoors is very similar. However, it's uh, not only for veterans, but first responders. And uh, basically what we do is we create opportunities um, to just kind of help out those who have served for us, uh, you know, whether it be a a military veteran or uh, fire police, you know, EMT, um, just provide them with an opportunity and their families to get outdoors and do some cool stuff. Um, and we're not only fishing and kayak fishing, uh, we're also doing hunting, camping, hiking, golfing trips, uh, and, you know, other outdoors things, um, just to, just to help and, you know, kind of give back and, you know, help some of these guys who maybe struggle with like PTSD and some, you know, stuff like that. So, um, would be forever grateful if you guys just go and check them out. And, um, if anybody's interested in helping out, um, go to operation outdoors.org. Um, it's a 501c3 non for profit. Um, but it, it, it's a cool thing, and I'm super happy and uh, to be offered the spot. Um, Brad uh, Hurlboss is uh, one of the bigger people in the organization, and uh, he reached out to me. Uh, we met at the Wisconsin Fishing Show, and, uh, you know, we got some baits. Uh, he used to be part of Heroes on the Water, but he wanted to do something more than just the kayak fishing and the thing about Operation Outdoors is it's you're not taking like 20 guys and uh, throwing them in a kayak and, you know, here you go. Like, this is what we're doing. Um, it's more uh, of a one-on-one situation, like a, a private guided trip. Um, you know, some guys that are, you know, suffering with, you know, certain things from, you know, their time served, uh, you know, being in big crowds of people sometimes isn't the best so we do like a more intimate thing um if anybody's interested in helping out um we're in many states uh and you know ideally we would like to be in all 50 states um so you know if you want to volunteer to you know take a guy out uh you know kayaking or kayak fishing or something like that or fishing in general um, just go to Operation Outdoors and the uh, How to Help page and uh, just fill that out. Just tell them you heard about it on uh, Paddle and Fin Podcast. But, um, yeah, it's super cool, man. Uh, you know, there's one th- two things uh, that get me excited, and that's getting youth involved and doing outdoors-type things, especially nowadays with technology. 
Um, but the second thing is, you know, giving back to veterans, uh, those who have served. And, uh, you know, that's why, you know, I was all about jumping on helping Eric Richard at Hammer Lures with the Recycling Plastics Program. Um, you know, it's just a huge thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really small thing that, you know, we've done with that recycling program uh, compared to what these guys have done for us <clears throat> in a whole. Um, so anything I can do to give back and, you know, I never served. Um, I've had uh, some, some friends and uh, some people I went to high school with that actually went out to Afghanistan and stuff and never, never made it home. So uh, that's something that I hold dear to my heart. And uh, it's just a great organization, and I couldn't be happier to to just kind of help give back to those people. You know, um, I know there's some EMTs that saved my life back in the day. Like, I, I literally shouldn't be here, but, uh, you know, we won't get into that. But, uh, you know, some EMTs saved my life after a car wreck. So, you know, situations like that makes you want to help uh, kind of give back to to those types of folks without them, you know, you never know. So, um, they're the ones that fought for our freedoms to go out and fish every weekend and participate in tournaments, do this podcast and have a free speech program, you know? So, I mean, it's just a, a, a good way to give back, uh, in my <clears throat> opinion and looking forward to getting the Illinois chapter off the ground. So, um, yeah, if you guys would be kind and check it out and see what I'll, what it's all about, I think you'll be surprised. So, boom. Sounds good. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Super excited. Oh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, man. That's that. Eat. You got anything else to add to this evening's episode? No, sir. I am good. With that being said, recycling program, uh, recycling plastics program, uh, save your used plastics, send them to the address in the show notes. Those go out to Eric Richards. He melts those down, makes new baits. They get donated to Heroes on the Water and hopefully Operation Outdoors. We'll see. I got to talk to Eric about that. But, um, <laughs> Give our friends at Southern Lake Co. Austin, what up? SouthernLakeCompany.com. Awesome apparel, fishing baits, things of that nature. Give them a check out. Check out Rocktown Adventures. All the demo days are down in the show notes as well if you're looking at getting a new boat. To you new listeners, thank you for stopping by and checking out the Paddle and Fin Podcast. We got new episodes every Tuesday morning. They are live when you crawl out of bed. So check out next week's episode. And uh, if you guys got a question, comment, uh, you know, want to reach out, um, paddle, the letter N in fin at gmail.com or hit us up on our social media at paddle, the letter N in fin, paddleandfin.com. That's where you can find all sorts of goodness. Yeah, buddy. Until next time. 
tight lines and smooth paddling. <laughs>